Hello and welcome to 35 Minute Movies, a Vin Diesel podcast. This is the podcast where we're talking all things Vin Diesel. We're ranking and reviewing every single movie he's ever been in. And you've come to us on the last proper episode. I'm Cameron. Damn. <laughs> and as always, I'm joined by Vin Diesel's number one fan. Oase, how is it going today? It's going good, but I mean, am I the number one fan? You're the one rocking the F9 well, merch, so maybe I, not. I had, I had to take a trip down to Georgia Asda. You know, that's where you get the high quality clothing. <laughs> I had to get some Fast 9 and Fast Saga, as you can see. Oh, got the wrong one. There you go. I know we're so Fast close now. It's saga. so exciting. Yeah, not long for you, not long for me. It's very exciting. I, I can't wait to see this in Adax. It's great. I've, I've been buying loads of Fast merch over the last couple of weeks, uh, over the last couple of days. <laughs> I don't know if I showed you. It came. I don't know if I, I showed you, but it came finally, and it's a lot bigger than I expected it to be. Ooh. But I bought Ooh. a Lego Dom's Charger. That's it. That I plan to build very soon <laughs> and i hope to have it sitting right there uh when we um do the fast nine review which i think will be perfect but i cannot wait to build this and like look how big that wheel is fucking massive like that's, that's a big huge, wheel actually. like because i was expecting it to be quite wee but like jesus christ this is gonna be you're taking it with you to the imax screening right you're just gonna yeah. clutch onto it tightly as um mm. john cena and vin diesel are charging through the pubic triangle yep exactly <laughs> The pubic triangle. Wait, what? In Edinburgh. In Edinburgh. That's the the clip that released um, yesterday. So they released a clip from Fast Nine, which is it shows them in Edinburgh. So the sort of bit that they're they're in is sort of is known as the pubic triangle because it's a sort of it's all where is all it, the strip clubs are. Yeah, all the strip clubs. I was going to say they <laughs> they are driving past all the strip clubs in Edinburgh. Of course, Fast Nine chooses this to to film at the strip clubs in Edinburgh. <laughs> Let's move on to our first uh, film of the day. Uh, it is, well, it's two films technically and one. We're talking about Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, and they came out in 2018 and 2019. We were going to do an Avengers special and talk about them yeah. all in one go, but we thought for timing and to try and get fa- a Fast 9 review out as soon as um, Fast 9 comes out, we thought, why don't we just... We'll just leave it and we'll just do them all in one. So, yeah... Um, the biggest films ever made. I'm yeah. going to ask you to tell yeah. me what the plot is for these. Like, I don't know what the plot is for these films. Yeah, I was going to say, like, anyone doesn't know what the plot is. <laughs> um, basically, the mad titan Thanos that they've sort of been building up to since the sort of the first Avengers film, he's finally ready to take action. He's finally getting out of his chair um, and and he's going after the Infinity Stones. He basically has this plan to cleanse 50% of the population and he needs all six Infinity Stones to do that. Um, and basically the Avengers, the Guardians, they're all coming together um, to stop him and and save save um, not not just Earth, but the galaxy. And, and um, however, in Infinity War, they sadly don't manage to, to stop him. And so Endgame is them then going back in time to, to beat him and, and bring everyone back pretty much. Um, what uh, what what do you think about these films? Because I mean, they are um, like completely iconic. I think at this yeah. point, I we talked about them for a very long time. I think, but uh, as a film overall, what do you think? I mean, I think they're fantastic. You know, I think they're you know they're the culmination of like a universe sort of ten years in the making. And I know we're still going on with the MCU, and you know we've got like Black Widow coming out and stuff, but 
to me, Infinity War and Endgame feel like a, a sort of definitive end to that chapter um, of the MCU, and it, and it feels like such a, an earned ending. Like, you know, you talk about sort of season finales and, and stuff like that. This this feels like, it feels like that, and it feels like one that works. Um, I remember seeing both of them in cinemas, and they were just such an event. And, like, you know, you get your critics and stuff that talk about how it's too fan servicey and, you know, how there's there's like too many like in especially in endgame too many cameos or it's too sort of big and stuff but that's what it is you know it's it's sort of tying together like all of these movies and i think it does so incredibly well i think i think both of them are great i actually might i know i'm in the minority i might prefer infinity war to endgame i think it's just i've heard a couple a more entertaining movie but yeah i, I can understand that i think I'm I'm more of an Endgame one, but I think you make a mm-hmm. like a good point with the critics because there seems to be a lot of folk that are like, "Oh, if this movie didn't have any of the Avengers, would it be able to stand on its own as a movie?" And I'm like, "It doesn't need to." That you're it, missing it's the not point. Supposed of the, to. It, yeah, mm-hmm. you're missing the point of the film if you think, "Oh, all like this movie should be able to stand on its own with like you chain took out all the all the, the characters like, that we've grown we've grown up with." I think in terms of like what the sort of Infinity Saga stands for what these two films stand for. I feel like that'll be unprecedented because even down the line, if we get another sort of big, you know, culmination event, it's not gonna feel the same because we've had it. And um, like you know, we've talked about Fast Ten and Eleven before, and you know they're shooting them back to back as sort of this, you know, big finale. And we compared it to Infinity War and Endgame. Like I think going forward, everything big sort of finales like that are going to be compared to Infinity War and Endgame. Like, and, and, and you know, rightfully so. It, it's, you know, people have yeah. been trying to recreate the cinematic universe formula for years and failing. You know, Marvel did it right and, and I think they really stuck the landing with, with both of these films. Definitely. And I think that's, yeah, I think you're right and we'll, we will literally be going, I think, until I'm dead I think we'll still be going. Well, like, is it Avengers: Infinity War? Is it? I, I, I can't see yeah. anything topping it. Like, what's going to come and top it? Avatar. Mm-hmm. Avatar six going to come and fuck up our Avengers and like top that as a cinematic. Fast experience. ten and eleven. Exactly. That's the only thing for me. But that I don't think that has as wide an wide an audience and yeah. appeal mm-hmm. as um as these films do. So it will be really interesting to see what they end up doing, and if anyone can top it. But yeah, I think these are the gold standard for finale event movies. And I don't think we'll yeah. see anything like it. I think the response from the audience, at least I, the one I saw with, and you saw you were in the same audience as me, I think it's, I don't know about you, but it's one of the only times in Endgame, the midnight show of Endgame, was one of the oh. only times. No, I wasn't in your screening. You were not there. I was in the screening that broke. <laughs> oh, the midnight, so the IMAX midnight show of Endgame, it was one of the only times that um, the audience, I've been in the British audience that have clapped. And I've yeah. never had that before. Midway yeah. through the movie, they have clapped. And there was yeah. a couple moments like um, when when Captain America picks up Mjolnir for the first time. That was that was just utter applause. And I'd never I'd never experienced that before. Goosebumps. I get goosebumps thinking yeah. about it. I like goosebumps right now thinking about that because it is one of my favorite moments ever, really. Yeah. And then another it's another great. smaller another smaller weird one the audience seemed to love was the bit in Endgame where he. Does the ele- it's got almost a, mic- uh, a homage to the elevator scene from um, Winter Soldier, but he said instead yeah. of saying instead of beating them all up, he just goes "Hail Hydra" and Hail it walks Hydra. out, and no one yeah. gives a shit, and it is it was magic. Yeah, so that's yeah. it's it, I I think these 
kind of memories will live with me for a long time. And it seems kind of corny to say, but it's really, it's, it's going to stick with me. I think it's one of those ones yeah. that just sticks with you. For me, uh, it was, I went to see Infinity War in Glasgow at the midnight screening um, in Super Screen. And it was sold out. And, you know, the Super Screen in Glasgow was huge. So I don't know how many, you know, people, like a hundred or whatever. Um, and, and this is Glasgow, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow have a bit of a rivalry. But it says Scotland on screen when they're in Edinburgh, and the the, the crowd cheered, um, and then and then Thor's landing in Wakanda literally that was the the whole super screen erupted into like applause, and that was like the one time that I witnessed it was it was in Infinity War. My Endgame experience was less than satisfying because uh, I went cried. to the midnight screening. I went to the I went I went to the double bill, um, and we saw Infinity War. We're ready. We're sat down for Endgame, hyped out our minds, and then the screen breaks, and we have to go home. And came back the the next day and watched it. But um, yeah, for, so I you know, technically memorable experiences for both. Like yeah. I would have literally cried my eyes out. I don't think I would have oh, been able to cope was, with that. It was hard. They must have. They would have had to given me like hundred a hundred comp tickets. There's no. Yeah. There's not enough. Um, the worst part under, of under it was I had done a Twitter blackout like a week before that you know because i didn't want yeah. endgame to be spoiled um and go to the midnight screening it gets cancelled i'm really annoyed i'm like well i'm gonna go vent on twitter redownload twitter login first tweet i see is about um black widow and iron man dying first tweet i see fucking hell i was absolutely fuming <laughs> absolutely fuming but you know it doesn't change the fact that it no. is still such an experience you know I, yeah. like i saw that film like so many times in cinemas it's just um it's just such a, a it's like a, it's it's you know it's a it's it's event cinemas it's like blockbuster everyone goes you enjoy it together you know it's the kind of film you want to see with a packed out screen for sure uh so let's score the let's score the movies then because we've not done the overall we've not done a score for the overall film uh so we'll just we'll just look at it as one big film because we've just sort of talked about it as one big film um what are you thinking as a score for the overall movie? You have to go five out of five for it. Like it's just, it's just such an event and such an experience. Like, and you know, I it it's such an event watching them back to back. And like anytime I I know anytime I watch both of them, um, anytime I watch Infinity War, I have to watch Endgame. Yeah. immediately after and, and anytime i do i'm right back there in the cinema i'm like right back with it and with those those moments and those characters and, and it's just it's such um it is it is a very sort of once in a lifetime experience you know the infinity saga and um yeah i think you have to sort of you know i would give them five anyway personally yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's it's, yeah. it's five a piece really for me I, I like even if we do them individually i would do five for each it's they're they're some of my favorite films. I've rewatched. I've rewatched. I was looking on it. I've rewatched Infinity War seven times and Endgame six times. I have. I have. It's. It's. I think a lot. my numbers are probably quite high as well. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's. It's a lot. I didn't realize how many times I actually had watched. I think they're probably my most watched films of the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. So I would. I would go five. Easy five for me. I think. Yeah. Just because I am such a nerd fan. Um. Six for six for Infinity War. Five for Endgame. Fair so. enough. Then. So yeah, pretty high number. <laughs> so a lot, a lot. Yeah. 
Um, what are you thinking for Vin? Because I know he's not in it a lot, so this is going to kind of. I feel this is going to drag the film down slightly in terms of. This is going to. This is going to do what it did with the Guardians, isn't yeah. it? Um, I. You know you. You have to. Sort of. I. I feel like I can't give it any higher of a rating than I can, the Guardians film because Groot's a bigger component of those, and you know we're talking about the sort of Vin Dieselness of the mm. character and. and you can argue how much of Vin Diesel is it when it's teenage Groot and it's all modulated and stuff. Yeah. Um, hate to say it, one out of five yeah. for Vinness. Uh, same as the Guardians, though. Yeah, I was, I was looking. I was looking back there to see we both gave Guardian. We gave Guardians of Galaxy one a two for Vin, and we gave Guardians of Galaxy two a one. So yeah. I think it's I only think, fair. I think, yeah. And I think the different the different the difference between the two was the fact that he, Vin was more Groot than Baby Groot, mm-hmm. and I think he's more Groot than Teenage Groot as well. Like I think there's still the thing yeah. sort of the modulation sort of holding him back from it. This would be a one point five if we were doing like if we could do points. I think because it is between them. But yeah, I, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I, I really want to know what they'll do in Guardians. Where like is he going to be teen Groot in Guardians or is he going to be a bit more older, young adult Groot or something? Yeah, I do sure, miss Big yeah. Groot quite a bit. Yeah. I have to say. So yeah, that gives it an overall score of twelve and sits it in the list. Um, what was some decent company? We can talk about that later on. Um, so yes, yeah, so we'll talk about that in the review section. Let's move on to the next movie. we're talking about bloodshot directed by david wilson from 2020 this was one of the last films that made it into cinemas just before the pandemic yeah i know it was your last film in the cinema wasn't it it was just yes it was yeah yeah yeah. it was the last thing i saw um the day that the 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 day they decided to close i went out and saw it i um i um, I, this is this is my first time watching i had to rent the blu-ray from uh from oh boy (laughs) oh boy it was. It's uh, to be fair. It's a really great 4K disc. But uh, could you tell me what happens in this movie? Because it, it, it's pretty strange. Yeah. So Vin Diesel plays Ray Garrison, who's an elite soldier, and um, that's killed. Um, sort of in battle. His his he's his wife is shot dead, and then he's shot dead. But he's brought back to life. Um, sort of using an advanced technology that gives him not only superhuman strength, but sort of fast healing. They basically put technology in his blood that repairs damaged tissue. Um, and so with his new abilities, he goes after the man that kills his wife, or so he believes is the person that kills his wife, because then um, he comes to learn that there are things being kept from him, and, and maybe he's not got the sort of free will that he thinks he, he does, and, and maybe the company that put technology in him or are manipulating him. Uh, this movie, I have to say, I don't know if it was kept in a vault. I don't know. It felt like it was made in 2003 and then just was released. That I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see some people on Letterboxd had agreed with me. Like it was, yeah. um, I think one of the top reviews is it feels like a, a movie where from when they, before they cared about comic book characters and I feel that's pretty spot on. It's, it feels very much that that of that era, um, where they're yeah. using more obscure characters. And this is this is based on a property. It's based on the Valiant Comics uh, character, um, and I think they were planning to do some more stuff uh, with this character. I don't. We'll do it now. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, well, it tanked because of COVID. Oh yeah, it tanked because of COVID. I think it, to be fair, I think it would have tanked anyway. It's one of those interesting ones where I yeah. feel like how much selling, how much star power does Vin have to get bums on seats when it's not in Fast and Furious? Mm-hmm. And how much is it? Is it the franchise that people love about Fast and Furious, or is it Vin that people, like, people love about Fast and Furious? And that's one of the interesting sort of look. If you look at the original films Vin has done, like Last Witch Hunter, they've all sort of tanked, really. You know what yeah. I mean? When yeah. when he's still part of uh, Fast and Furious, so it's one of those interesting ones where it's like, can he save these movies? And the answer seems to be no. He doesn't seem to have that. So I will be interested to see what his career path he takes once he finishes yeah. with Fast. Um, as a film, though, I think it is really shoddily made, just just really quite boring. Um, yeah. There's a couple good action sequences, I have to say. The initial one with where it's all red and there's loads of slow motion and dust, I watched that and I, I don't want to gush about my 4K screen or whatever, but I, I just really... <laughs> don't it do it, gush really, about it. It was so crisp. Like, it was just, you could see every, like, fine little speck. Yeah of it and it was just all like zooming around and the the red was the color like red was really lovely with the way it like reflects yeah. off everything it was just it was really it was like a i, I would keep the disc about to show people that particular scene yeah. just to show off my telly that's how good it's it good was scene. i thought it's a good scene it was a really good scene yeah. what about you what do you think about the film i like it up and actually up until that sequence i think the sort of setups all very interesting and um, yeah it's because it's because it takes itself seriously um, and because essentially, you know, this character is going through a lot and then, you know, he's, he's, he's finding out, I, I sort of like the scenes where he's learning about his powers. Like there's a scene where he's just, you know, beating a wall to an absolute pulp. Um, and then you get that sequence and I think it's all really strong up until that point. And then it just takes a complete left turn and the tone, the tone just changes so massively like then they bring in this character who becomes a very important character but he's comedic relief except it's really cringeworthy comedy and the tone just completely changes and then and then it becomes very and then it and then it becomes that 2000 and sort of 3 comic book film you're talking yeah. about really bad CGI really over the top action really crap comedy and at that point I'm I'm I I it, it just loses me it just loses even, me after the sort of 20 minutes in half an hour in. I even think the serious stuff was sort of Mech. I, I thought I, I think yeah. I I think it was some of it was laughable, especially the the way Toby Kebbles introduced his characters introduced. I think it is quite yeah. Like, I quite like that sequence. I don't know. I quite like Toby uh, Kebbles enough to he pulls it off for me. Yeah, maybe it's it's just I think the serious stuff isn't as strong, and I think the action stuff, bar that one sequence, I think where he's first initially using his powers because I I really like yeah. the the visual element of the, the blood really cool, yeah, and the way. Yeah. It, comes off like uh, he gets shotgunned in the face and it's like yeah half of his face gets blown off and it's sort of like slow motion comes back into his face as he shoots yeah. the guy. i think yeah. that's really well done i think that's like the only well done action sequence in the film i think i think that's yeah. the only one they really thought about yeah because then you get shit like that elevator sequence where they're where the guy with the spider oh, claws or whatever is just falling down in this really shoddily done cgi setup it was just yeah uh, it's just it's, it's, it's just, interesting. there's not enough you can do with this character i feel no. like um or certainly they don't do enough with it and because it's a, it's a it's a cool concept and you have to I have to give them credit it's a it you know the the comic book potential is really interesting for this world they it just they just don't 
and you know, I, I was saying to you just before we started, Chad Stahelski and David Leach, who obviously did John Wick, they were tapped to direct. And I think they could have done something so interesting, like visually with the, the action and this concept. But it, it's, it's, you know, I, I have to say, I think Dave Wilson's partly to blame for this. It's his feature debut. And it, it, I was going to say, what do you think of Vin in Bloodshot? I think, yeah, I think he is the archetypal Vin character in some ways. I think yeah. The, yeah. The, the love for his wife um, and doing anything to save her, like that's kind of his whole thing um, that's even more, it's part of his, it's not even just part of his personality, it's part of who he is as an actual mm-hmm. physical person because there's elements in the film that kind of reveal that that is his sort of instinct is to protect his family and he always as he always comes home, as he says, and he's always, he's always going to try and, get revenge yeah. for his, his his wife and stuff um and i think that's the most Finn could be um i think his performance is pretty okay i don't think i wouldn't put it up yeah. there with any of the great Finn performances but it's 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 for the character he does the and, job he yeah does the job. He, he comes in he does what Vin's supposed to do and and gets the paycheck i think you know mm-hmm. <laughs> does does yeah. what he needs to do 100 percent. And, and and you know i say it time and time again i think I think this is especially the case because you do have a fairly star-studded cast in in some regards. Um, I think Vin is the strongest aspect of it. Yeah. Um, And I think he brings a sort of... Just his presence, his screen presence is like... It's charismatic enough to, to watch, you know, because, like, aside from maybe Triple X and, like, Return of Xander Cage and Amanda Part, even his like lesser movies i've never been like i i want to turn it off purely because i'll like keep watching for vin yeah um and i think he's got just even sort of his bad movies like 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 bloodshot i think he still has a presence that can make you sort of stick it mm-hmm. out i think uh, yeah i think the only one is probably the return of Xander cage that he yeah. does not seem to have the charisma he thinks he has for that kind of role i think he, i think he overdoes it in that one yeah yeah he really it. overdoes it yeah. whereas this one is this kind of right level of charismatic Vin, serious Vin. I think there's a lot a lot to be said about Vin's performance in this one. Uh, but it yeah. just it isn't as solid, I think, as like yeah. Strays or Saving Private Ryan, where he is... I think he's incredible Great, in both yeah. those movies. Um, and even Iron Giant and stuff like that, where he is, he does a lot. Yeah, so uh, do you want to just move on to scoring? What are you thinking about for uh, yes, overall movie? let's do it. Overall movie, I'm going to give it a two. Like, I don't completely hate it. I think there's aspects of it that I enjoy... Um, there's a lot of potential. Um, you know, it, it, it is watchable. It's boring, but you know, you can sort of sit there and, and have it on in the background. Um, so I would give it. I would give it to. Yeah, I would say the same. I found myself. I watched it in bed last night. I was found myself going on my phone a couple of times mm-hmm. when yeah. some of the some of the more boring stuff was happening. Um, it did sort of semi peak my interest at, at certain points. I just felt yeah. There's a lot of com- there's a lot of comic book characters out there that I feel deserve a good. Thing, and I don't know if Bloodshot is one of them, but one of them, I, think, yeah. I think in the maybe in the future, I know Valiant have a lot of comic characters, and I know there has been some attempts to do a cinematic universe of sorts, but all the characters are off in different directions. So maybe one day yeah. Bloodshot will get his day, but I, I don't know if this is this is I don't think this is the the jumping off point for me. And in terms so of I would, Vin, I would give it a two, yeah. And Vin, uh, I'm gonna go three actually because I think that is a really solid place to put him. I think he is. He's got the elements of the Vin that we want, and I have to say, I, uh, yeah, I think that's 
Yeah, that's kind of worried, worried sort of ten situation. Yeah. So yeah, so sorry, a five, I, three. Situation. I agree with that. I would give three. him a three, three out of five. Yeah. Lovely. So that gives it a ten of twenty. So it sits it on the lower end of the spectrum. We can talk about more about that actually coming up in the next segment. So let's just um, move on to the rankings. So, um, so we're on to rankings now. Uh, lots to go through. <laughs> we're gonna completely, we're gonna completely dismantle in a future episode as well. By oh, yeah. the way, <laughs> it's getting completely, completely dismantled. So let me just. Um, we just started with it, so now we have to stick stick with it. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, at number one we still have Fast Five, number two Furious Seven, Strays at number three, number four Saving Private Ryan, number five The Fast and the Furious. That's the first Fast and Furious. Triple X One is at number six. Furious Six is at number seven. Chronicles of Riddick is sitting at number eight. Nine is not Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. What the fuck? How did that get there? Um, <laughs> Ten is Boiler Room. Um, so here we go. Um, Avengers has oh no yeah Avengers has a twelve out of twenty, so it, is it got the same ranking which as uh, number eleven which is Guardians number twelve which is Witch Hunter number thirteen which is Fast and Furious eight, where do you think you want to set it? Do you want to set it between Fast eight and Witch Hunter below all of them, above Guardians between Guardians Witch Hunter? What are you thinking? I think above Guardians because the reason, we, the reason we the reason we put guardians above those other two was just because we thought it was a better film and i think if then we're talking in terms of that i feel like maybe the same for the same reason i would put it above yeah yeah no i would agree i think i think i think avengers endgame and are stronger movies than Guardians 1, I think, in that kind of case. Mm-hmm. So I think we could just sort of, even though Vin's performance is a lot better in Guardians, he's got more to do, which, to be fair, it's not. It's a smaller movie, so that makes more sense. So, yeah, so that's our new number 11, number 12, Guardians. Number 13, Witch Hunter. Number 14 is Fast and Furious 8. Uh, number 15 is Guardians 2. Number 16 is Fast and Furious number 4. Um, number 17 is The Pacifier. So... Here comes another one, another decision. Oh, Bloodshot no. has a 10 out of 20. So okay. at number 18 is the Iron Giant. Number 19 is Riddick. And number 20 is Babylon. Do you want it? And I'm assuming, do you want, I don't think it's as bad as Babylon. So I'm assuming, do you want it between Riddick and Babylon? Between Iron Giant and Riddick? Or do you want it above Iron Giant? Between Riddick and Babylon, I think. Yeah, that's, that's what I was Probably. thinking as well. Because Riddick is... Um, pretty pants, um, but a bit better, I think, a bit more watchable yeah. than Bloodshot. Where and Babylon is just no, thank you. I don't even I know like that thing's Babylon. got a ten. Some I, I like Babylon. I oh, like that's Babylon. why you got. That's why you have a ten. That's why it's got a ten actually, because you like Babylon. <laughs> Babylon's uh, good. Yeah. So Bloodshot is our new number twenty. Um. So yeah, then we go to 21, Babylon, uh, 22, Pitch Black, 23, Knocker on Guys, 24, Find Me Guilty, 25, A Man Apart, and Triple X, number three, is our final film on the list. And with that, we wow. have done it, always. We have finished the list. We've made it to the end. Congratulations. We've done it. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. We've made it to the end of all the Vin Diesel movies. Um, I can't believe that. <laughs> I actually can't believe it. That's mad. So just to clarify, we've got a Fast 9 episode next week. Um, and then the week after that, 
we're gonna sort of do a ranking episode where we I think we're planning on scrapping we're maybe gonna sort of you know rehaul this list but we're gonna give our yeah. own lists um because I think I think we've both been keeping our own lists of just of just generally like like the movies we've preferred um, yeah I and think, I think we're I gonna think... we're gonna discuss that I think that's yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sort of including about... including F nine in the mix. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we'll talk about what our favorite Venn performances, our favorite movies overall, and just sort of yeah. just dismantle this list completely. Yeah. Maybe I'll keep I'll keep it saved in the document for prosperity. We can look go back one day and look and like, oh look at us. We thought Fast and Five just, was better than cringe. Fast and Furious Eleven. Can you imagine? Uh, Can't like, believe Iron Giant is that low. Iron Giant strays. You know, there's it's, it's strange. Oh, it's it's crazy, but the fact that Stray's looking back, Stray's was in the first episode. It's his first ever movie. It's his di- di- directorial debut of a feature movie. Film. Oh yeah. Um, the fact that that stayed at number one for as long as it did surprised me. It really did. Yeah. Um, especially for a film we hadn't seen before, and it was a really solid first episode, especially with Saving Private Ryan in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, but talk, kind of move, fast forwarding. I don't know what's going on with my voice. Fast forwarding to now. Um. We're coming up on one of Vin's biggest movies to date, I think. Fast 9 is probably one of, yeah. I would just imagine, setting up for the future. And it's sort of winding down the Fast franchise. We're, we're, we're getting towards the end of that now. Um, what are you hoping for? What are you hoping to see? Because I know we've got some expectations for Fast 9. Yeah, it's firstly, it's crazy that it's so close. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's about a week away at the time of recording this. Um, which is so exciting to think about the fact that it's been I mean been delayed for over a year and it's finally coming out. Um I'm I'm excited for it. I just want a sort of good time at the movies, you know? Um I want the dumb action. I want the sort of melodramatic like soap opera, you know, narrative. Um, which I think we're gonna get. Um yeah. we were talking about it. I hope we get sort of young Dom flashbacks. Um, yeah, if we don't have a de-aged Vin Diesel, I think we've done something wrong. I think something's, <laughs> yeah. half, something's gone horribly wrong if there's not a de-aged Vin Diesel there. Yeah. Well, yeah. my my thing is, so I was watching Tokyo Drift last night, um, and you know what? They've done like a really good job of, considering at the time that was very separate from the franchise, they've done a really good job of tying it into the franchise now. Like, quite seamlessly um, in between sort of Fast 6 and Fast 7. I hope that with the introduction of Dom's brother, who hasn't been mentioned up until this point, I hope they do it in a way that feels seamless um, and that explains why we haven't heard of him up until now. Um, I think. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think your theory is right. I don't know if you remember your own theory, but remember um, yeah. the Fast and the Furious, yeah. they always talk about the guy who Dom, was it hit... Basically, just he, like, fucked up with a wrench. Basically, he's wanted for um, his biggest crime at the time was he like half killed a guy with a, a socket wrench. He like, beat a guy almost to death. Um, and I was saying to Cameron that I think, at le- you know, I think a, a sort of good way to explain Jacob's absence would be if if Jacob was the guy that he beat almost beat to death with a socket wrench because because it was something that Vin Diesel said about how this film is going to recontextualize the first film. Yeah, um, and it's going to tie in most to to the Fast and the Furious, um, which which got me sort of thinking about that. Do you want to I quickly just... mention the Vin News? Oh yeah, the Vin News. We've got some, we've got a little bit, a little bit of Vin News to talk about. Um, he is 
basically confirmed himself because <laughs> after the shit show that was the fast basically killed himself it, yes i agree um what basically <laughs> killed himself yes. yeah he has uh, the, the shit show that was the fast junket has just happened in which we have given people who don't know what a non-disclosure agreement is um yeah. the chance to speak openly about their future project vin came out and basically was like yeah i can't wait you need to if you're talking to kevin feige uh, make sure you ask him about um, Planet, Planet X, X and stuff, and like go like and people were like, oh, like is this just a random like like a code name for the planet so Vin doesn't leak it? And then everyone's like, no, Planet X is Vin's homeworld. Is uh, Groot's homeworld, home yeah. So we'll be we'll, uh, more and more of this plot for Guardians is going to leak via Blind Diesel, I think, if we're not careful. Yeah. So we yeah. have to. And then and then he ended up. Um, Josh Horowitz was asking him about. A rumor that he had heard where he was possibly going to be in, Av- in the Avatar sequels, and Vin pretty much deny it, pretty much confirmed that um, yeah. he's it was he's not in Avatar secret. two. Yeah, he's not in Avatar two. It seems like, but he's going to be basically. He was like, we haven't filmed anything yet, so Have Avatar they three onwards. Avatar 2? Have they wrapped, they wrapped Avatar, Avatar two? They wrapped, wrapped Avatar, Avatar two. two. Um, okay, I think they're still funny. working on the others. Um, oh, they'll right, yeah, so, I think they're just going to continuously shoot those movies until the end of time. I think. Yeah. At this point, yeah. so <laughs> so Vin Diesel has also confirmed himself in, in Avatar. <laughs> just, Fair enough. I think, I think he could be gonna... great as a Navi. Yeah, exactly. I think I think he'll be a great Marine. I'd imagine. I doubt. Oh yeah, although, no, true. Yeah. Although, would he? Would he? Would you think we're going to see a blue a blue Vin? Do you think we'll get a blue I vin? want to see a blue vin. I don't want to see a, a white vin. I don't I want to see, see a, a marine vin. vin anymore. I want to see blue vin. I want to see mar- Dude, I want to see a bloody <laughs> navi. Oh. I want to see Baby a Groot's navi. Fallen. Um you Can know you imagine. It looks like with his muscles and everything. Oh, yeah. Dude, that would be yeah. so good. Please. Give him the, give him the hair, the hair, the hair with the the tentacle. Yes. The tail. Give him the tails. <laughs> Give them the tails. That's what you want. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Avatar 2 to come out so I can finally buy myself an Avatar tail. Can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah exactly. we're, we're running over slightly now, so we'll have to wrap it up here. We'll see you next week. The same time next week. This time next week, we'll have a Fast and Furious 9, the Fast Saga review on this channel. So please subscribe for wow. that. I'm very excited. I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if you can tell. I'm very excited. So um, excited. Yeah, I, I, IMAX day one for me. You're a lucky bastard. You're heading to the to the the screen uh, early screen beforehand, but you're not gonna spoil it for me because you're not a dickhead. No, I trust of course you. not. Um, I've been Cameron. You I'm can find me. To. Oh, I know you will. I've been Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Cameron. You can find me on Twitter at camsoog or ohifilms.com. Uh, I do another podcast called Four Eyes and the Giant, which I do with Jordy Steele. It's about just kind of nerdy topics and whatever me and Jordy feel like discussing that day. It's just quite a, it's quite a loose show, loosey-goosey. And then we kind of talk about stuff that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, where can the people find you, Oasis? What's happening with you? You can find me on Twitter at Oasis Oasis um, or on the film by uh, com. I have finally reviewed Tokyo Drift. You'll be happy to know. Finally. <laughs> so now we're doing, we're doing one a day until the release of uh, F9. Which is a lot wow. of work for me, but that's a lot of work. Well, so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how we'll see how well I stick to that. But um, yeah, that's the plan. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So next week is Fast Nine. So we'll see you. We'll see you all then. So yeah. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs>